This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Spinner. Welcome to Notebook, a guide to art, culture and tourism in Tokyo. My name is Stuart Monroe and around this time each Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I'll bring news and views from Japan. On today's episode, we look at a supercomputer predicting weather and inventing medicine. But first, volcanoes. An excavation site in Gunma Prefecture, originally buried by the volcanic eruption of Mount Asma in 1783, was open to the public on Saturday. Sumagoi village is also the site of former village Kanbara, buried by an avalanche of earth and stone. The so-called Tenmei eruption lasted three months, injecting the air with pumice stone and flowing with rock and lava, ending with an eruption that lasted for 15 hours. The Dutch diplomat Isaac Singh's account of the eruption was posthumously published in French in 1820, with an English translation published in 1822. Both works were based on Japanese sources and represented the very first of their kind to be disseminated in Europe and the West. The volcano's devastation exacerbated what was already known as the Tenmei Famine. Much of the agricultural land in the former provinces of Shinano and Kozuki remained fallow for the next four or five years. The final eruption killed up to 1,400 people, with another 20,000 killed by the famine that followed. Evacuation sites uncovered rock and preserved timbers that were part of the mud avalanche to hit the village, an avalanche that's said to have killed 477 people. And following an inspection of the ruins in 1983 by academics from the Italian Ministry of Cultural Heritage, the ruins have ever since been known as the Pompeii of Japan. Meanwhile, Emperor Naruhito and Empress Masako, who've been visiting Hyogo Prefecture since Saturday attending the National Abundant Sea Development Convention, visited Fugaku, one of the world's fastest supercomputers jointly developed by the technology company Fujitsu, and Riken, a scientific research institute in Kobe City. Discovering new drugs and predicting severe weather patterns are just several of the tasks challenging one of the world's fastest supercomputers, the Japanese-built Fugaku. From this summer, Fugaku will be at the heart of a two-year study, a government-sponsored project launched and proposed by the Life Intelligence Consortium, a collaboration between industry and academia that aims to advance AI in the field of life science. The study will include drug makers, tech companies and the government's research institute Riken to boost the efficiency of pharmaceutical development as Japanese drug companies and startups both compete against bigger overseas rivals with considerably deeper pockets. In another project that began in June, the Japanese Meteorological Agency began using the supercomputer to predict training phenomena, lines of storms that bring torrential rain to specific parts of the country. The computer calculates the odds of these storms emerging based on existing data, from vapour levels and air temperature to atmospheric pressure. The supercomputers are already being used to power machine translation 
but there are calls to broaden all of this and not limit Fugaku to pure research. So the JMA is now looking forward to life after the supercomputer by striking a balance between embracing quantum computing and other next-gen technologies while protecting existing knowledge. Part of this will involve gathering a diverse range of data amid concerns over the purpose of simply pursuing faster computer speeds, which is probably why the Japanese government now hopes to bring its first homegrown quantum computer into service by March 2023 and have 10 million people using the technology by 2030. That's all for now. I'll be back for this week's second instalment on Wednesday, November the 16th. If you enjoyed this episode, you might consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or even think about spreading the word online. Until then, thanks for listening. This is Notebook. Notebook.